Well, let me welcome you to Stevenson High Kirk here in North Ayrshire for our online remembrance service. Well, it's just a joy to worship with you this morning, and I know many will be sad that they're unable to attend church here, but we do pray that you'll know the Lord's sweet presence with you as you worship from your home. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Well, we meet in the presence of God. And as we come this morning in the peace of our own homes to worship and glorify God, we also come this morning not to glorify war or to indulge in narrow patriotism, but to remember with thanksgiving and sorrow those who gave their lives in the great wars and other conflicts past and present. Well, we're also here this morning to remember those who mourn their loss.
Good morning. Daniel and Elisa are going to lead us in prayer. Dear Lord, as we gather together to worship you, we pray that we pray that you will open our hearts to receive you. May your Holy Spirit be in this place and let us know your presence with us. We give thanks for your many blessings and for your mercies new every morning. Help us to listen for your still small voice. We pray that we would be obedient to your word to us today. Forgive us when we go out, we go our own way and do not follow your teaching. Help us always stay near and close to Jesus, our Saviour. Lord, we pray for our church and all who worship here. We thank you that we are part of this church family and for all the loving kindness they share with us. We thank you for our Sunday club where we can learn about Jesus and all that he has done for us. We pray that there will be a place where we can meet our friends and grow knowledge and love of God. Help us, Lord, to share the love of Jesus with our friends and family, especially those who don't know that you care for them. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Now we will say the Lord's prayer together. Our Father, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today's Bible reading is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 3 to 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God, to him be all the glory. Amen. Amen.
us pray together. <clears throat> Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace with thanksgiving and praise for your great love and compassion towards us. As demonstrated in the giving of your beloved Son for us, forgive us for the many times we fall short of your glory and help us by your Holy Spirit's power to live our lives for you. We thank you for the children who've been with us today and ask for a special blessing on each one. Protect our children and young people from the evil one and may they all grow up knowing that they are loved by you. We remember other children across the world who today are hungry and fearful and those who have been separated from their families because of wars and disasters. We pray too for all the people who have been forced into becoming refugees and are desperate to find a better and safer home for their families. O oh Lord, make wars cease. Cause leaders and all in position of authority to act with mercy and compassion and to rule wisely and with justice. Our Father, we thank you for our church family. We ask you to bless all present here today and all who are missing for whatever reason. We think of those who may be housebound or ill and we remember especially those who have been bereaved. May they all experience your presence and your peace. We pray for Scott as again he is charged with the responsibility of conducting a number of funerals. Grant him your strength and give him the right words to say. Another time too, we bring the future of our church to you. Thank you for the note of hope recently granted, but we ask that we'll soon know that our church has indeed been kept open. Do grant that it will be a centre of revival for all of us who regard it as our spiritual home. And let there be an overflow of your light and life to the surrounding community. We give thanks for the tithes and offerings given today and also for the donations made towards Sammy's school during the past month. May all be used for your glory and for the furtherance of your kingdom. Open our hearts and minds to receive the message that you've given to Scott for today. May we be challenged and inspired to surrender all of, all of ourselves to you. Father, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we ask all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I would like us now to return to the Word of God as we read there in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. There in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, we were continuing in our series. We're almost there. We're coming now towards the end of our series on the Beatitudes. And so this morning we're looking at blessed are the pure in heart. It's amazing actually when you <clears throat> look at Matthew's gospel, how important the heart is to Jesus. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her 
in his heart. In Matthew 15, at verse 18 and 19, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a man. And then in Matthew 12, at verse 33, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then as we come to the end of Matthew, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of extortion and opacity. You You blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and of the plate that the outside also may be clean. Why is the heart so important to Jesus? Well, I think we can understand when we realize what the Old Testament tells us about the heart. There in Proverbs 28 at 26, we're told, he that trusts in his own heart is a fool. And then Jeremiah tells us, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, John Piper writes, the aim of Jesus Christ is not to reform the manners of society, but to change the hearts of sinners. Yes, Jesus finds the heart important. We're told that man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. And so, when you consider the heart, what's the goal of the heart? Well, I love the shorter catechism. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. But when we go through Matthew's gospel, you you get another lovely glimpse of what the goal of the heart is. The goal of the heart is to see God. That's the goal. The heart longs to see God. We want to see Jesus face to face. Isn't that the heart of the believer? Yes, we look forward to a day, and the Bible reminds us, oh, there's a day coming when one day we shall see God. We shall behold the face of Jesus. We will behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the goal of the heart. And that's the goal of the heart of the Christian, is to see him, to see Jesus. Yes, we're going to be reunited, all who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, all who have repented and turned in faith to Christ. Yes, we're told that one day we're going to be reunited with the Lord's people, those who have gone before us. We're also going to be united with the angels in glory, the angels that worship there in that heavenly place. We're going to join with them. But the goal of the heart 
is to see Jesus. That's what we long for. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I long for you to be where I am, that you would behold my glory. There in that priestly, the high priestly prayer in John 17, as Jesus closes the prayer, he prays to his Father, Oh, Father, I just can't wait for these, your children, oh, that they would be where I am, that they would come into glory one day and that they would behold my glory, that they would behold the glory of God. Why does Jesus pray that? Because he knows that it will bring the heart joy so that the heart of the disciples would be filled with joy. And oh, when we see him, and this is the great promise of the Beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In Revelation chapter 22 at verse 4, we're told, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Yes, we shall behold Christ, our Redeemer, the one who has saved us by his grace. We're going to enter one day into that world of love, of joy, of peace. We're going to enter into glory where there's going to be no more sickness, no more sadness, no more sad goodbyes, no more tears, no more things that hurt us will never sin again. What a day. We shall join with the angels. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And so the question that comes to my own heart, maybe, I don't know if, you, if you've asked the question, but when I read that beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I have to admit, I often feel more like the psalmist. Remember the psalmist in Psalm 24? Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And when I think of that verse, all I can think of is, Lord, <laughs> I don't feel that my hands are clean. And I don't feel that my heart is pure. How many of you here today feel that your heart is pure? And as we've been going through the Beatitudes, I have to say, I, I can relate with blessed are the poor in spirit. I can get that one. I can say, oh, Lord, yes, I feel poor in spirit. Oh, how I need thee. Oh, how I need thee daily. I'm dependent upon your grace and your mercy. And I can certainly relate to blessed are those who mourn. And in a way, I can understand the blessed are the meek and blessed are the, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Because yes, there are days in my life where I just long to know more of Christ, to know more of his righteousness, to know more of his life, to know more of the power of the Spirit. Yes, I hunger and I thirst. 
But then there are other days where maybe we don't hunger and thirst. But we can certainly relate maybe to the beatitude and we can say, Lord, I can, yes, I'm one who wants to long for you more. But then we come to this beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, and we think, Lord, <laughs> can I relate to this? Is this beatitude for me? Remember, we've been sharing over these weeks, the Beatitudes are not a rule book in how to get to heaven. It's not teaching you how to become a Christian. The Beatitudes are a portrait of the Christian, what the Christian ought to be. And yes, it includes this very Beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart. Well, often... When I consider these verses, I, I think more of Moses who said, when, when the Lord said to Pharaoh, sorry, when the Lord said to Moses, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. But yet, isn't it amazing that Jesus declares that a sinner in Christ can become pure in heart and see God. It's possible for a sinner to see God. It's possible for a sinner to be pure of heart. Jesus pronounces a blessing upon the Christian. Blessed are the pure in heart, for you shall see God. It's a beautiful beatitude. So, I have to ask the question, so what is it to be pure of heart then? Because Lord, I don't feel like that. How will I ever be blessed? How can I know this blessing upon my own life when I, uh, I feel like an awful sinner? I keep tripping and stumbling. I keep sinning every day. Lord, sometimes I feel a better Christian. Other days I don't. But yet, Jesus declares, yes, a sinner can know purity of heart, and they shall see God. What a blessing. Well, if this is really true, boy, what a blessing. <laughs> what a blessing that ought to be. So what is it to be pure of heart? What does Jesus mean? Well, A.W. Pink, one of my own favorite writers, said this, Purity of heart is not sinlessness of life. So you can now relax. <laughs> to be pure of heart, it doesn't mean to be sinless. It doesn't mean that when you put your trust in the Lord and you receive a, a new heart, you're a new creature now, no more in condemnation. It doesn't mean that you're not going to sin anymore. Sometimes, actually, we feel as if we sin even more. So what does it mean, then, to be pure in heart? What's Jesus referring to? Well, the pure in heart, when you look at the context... The pure, the, the word pure here, it doesn't mean sinless. 
it, it's a word that can mean single. Where you are so single on something, you're so focused to have a to have a pure heart is to have a single heart. It's to have an undivided heart. It's so focused, it's unmixed, it's whole, it's undivided, it's not fractured. One who is pure in heart is one who is in Christ and who is single upon Christ, whose whole life is consumed with Christ in glorifying the Lord. As Paul, the Apostle Paul said, the one thing I do is I press on. I want to know him. I count everything rubbish. Oh, just to know Christ, to know more of him, to know more of his life, to know more of his love, his joy. Oh, to go after Christ with all your heart. Not part of your heart. A pure, one who is pure in heart is not divided. They're not living in the world, getting the best out of the world, and then going to church on a Sunday. It's not a double life. In Matthew chapter 6 at verse 22, if your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light. That's the pure in heart. When we're single upon the Lord, when we seek to live for him, and even when we sin and fall short of his glory, we're still single on going out to Christ. We when we sin, we go to him. Lord, forgive me again. Cleanse me. Lord, I hate the sins that make thee mourn. Is that your heart? Elijah, there on Mount Carmel, he tells the audience, how long are you going to limp between two opinions? You're either for God or you're against him. There's no fence you're either going all out for the Lord or you're going all out away from the Lord. You can't halt between two opinions. You can't say, right, well, I, I, I'm going to, I'll go to church, but I'm not going to become a Christian yet because that's going to spoil my life. But I will attend church and, or I'll, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray, but, right, but I've got more important things. Those who are pure in heart are those who are sold out for the Lord. Those who, Lord, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The pure in heart are those who have known the touch of Christ. They've known amazing grace. They've known the amazing love of God. And their whole heart now wants to go after him. Lord, I want to serve you. I want to love you. I want to be a blessing. James, in chapter 4, at verse 8, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And as we mentioned in Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, the one thing I do, I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless. But Lord, I want to sin less. That's my heart. The one thing I do, Lord, I want you and I want to sin less. I'm not sinless, but I do want to sin less. That was Paul's heart. 
That's, pu that's purity of heart. And a heart will be blessed. I love Psalm 86. There at verse 11, here's David. His, his heart cry was, Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart. Lord, my heart's all over the place. I'm in a mess. My life is in a mess. My heart is divided. I, I, I just feel so troubled. Lord, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't, everything's out of control. Have you ever felt like that? Well, the psalmist cried to the Lord. Lord, unite my heart so that I may fear thy name. Lord, give me to be a pure in heart. Lord, I want a pure heart. One that's undivided, an undivided heart. Purity of heart also means, in the scriptures we know that it's to be forgiven and cleansed. A heart that is pure, a pure in heart, is a forgiven heart. It's a cleansed heart. A heart that's been cleansed of sin. Paul reminds us that Jesus has dropped all charges against us. When we put our trust in Christ, when we come to know Jesus as our Savior and Lord, on the cross, Jesus took our sins. He took our guilt. He took our shame. And so all charges were dropped against you. When you put your trust in Christ, the Lord then declares over your life, you're not guilty any longer of sin. All your sins, not guilty. All charges have been dropped. All charges have been dropped. Isn't that amazing? There on Calvary, the charges that come against you and me have been dropped. When we look to Jesus, when we receive him, Oh, we are blessed. He's dropped all charges. And can I tell you that we're told that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and notice and just to forgive us. If you have to pay for your sins again at the end of time, when Jesus paid for our sins, he paid it all. All our sins, all who put their trust in Christ, all our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. When you turn to Christ, when you turn to the Lord, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, all is forgiven, cleansed. And so when you get to the gates of heaven, when we all face the judgment seat, God is not going to say to you, right, you sinned again. You kept sinning. In fact, right up till you died, you were sinning again and again and again. Therefore, this is the charge against you. If Jesus has already paid the charge, if he's paid the price, does it not seem unjust that you would have to pay it again? That's why Jesus is faithful to forgive, but he's also just. When we are forgiven, we're not going to have to pay for our sins at the end of time. When we go into heaven, we're not going to have to receive the guilt of our sins again. Jesus paid it 
all. When a heart comes to know Jesus, when we have known his forgiveness and his mercy, when we put our trust in Christ and we know, Lord, I believe you died for me. When we come to that place, yes, you are forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't pay double for our sins. That's unjust. But he is just. What a promise. The Bible also reminds us how we were once enemies, but now we're friends. When we come to Christ, when our hearts just rest in Christ, we're no longer his enemies, we're his friends. He said, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. Jesus is the friend of sinners. And the pure in heart, they are those who have been forgiven. They are those who have been cleansed of their sins. That's what it is to be pure in heart. Your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Isn't that lovely? What a beautiful promise we find in the scriptures. God is not going to rem remember our sins anymore. When we follow the Lord, when we put our trust in him, our sins will, he, the Lord's not going to remember them anymore. For we are washed, the apostle tells us, we're washed in the blood. We've been cleansed in the precious blood of Jesus. When Jesus died on that cross and when his blood was shed for us, we were cleansed through his blood. We were cleansed through his death on, on Calvary. So the pure in heart, we don't tremble so much, do we now? The pure in heart, yes, it's possible for a sinner a sinner who has come to know Christ. A sinner in Christ, yes, can know purity of heart. An undivided heart. A heart that's been forgiven and cleansed. But the pure in heart, we're also told, is a blessed heart. They shall see God. We're going to see God. So what does it mean to see God? In, in Exodus there, Pharaoh told Moses, go away from me, take heed to yourself, and never see my face again. Through the scriptures we notice to see, to see the king, to see God, it's to be admitted into the presence. It's to be admitted into the presence of God himself. So to see God is to be admitted into his presence. One day we shall be admitted into his presence. We will be welcomed home. So to see God is to be welcomed into his presence. It can also mean to be captivated by his majesty and his glory. So to, 
to see God is to be caught up with who he is. And we read that in Job. Job said, I had heard thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. Lord, I've heard all about you, but now I see you. That's what it is to see God, to be captivated by his glory and his presence. When God touches our lives, when God brings mercy and grace and he brings healing and he brings miracles and he brings joy, when he brings his presence upon us, we see him, we see his face, we're captivated by his glory. That's what it is to see God to be captivated by him, to be admitted into his presence. And David, the psalmist, when he talks about seeing God, he, he's referring to the experience of God being gracious to him. Whenever God is gracious to him, David would say, I can see him. I see God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Hide not thy face from me. Lord, don't hide your face from me, but grant me grace today. Show me grace. The pure in heart, for they shall see God. Isn't it lovely that, yes, one day, we're going to enter into that heavenly courts. We're going to know the presence of God deeply. We're going to be admitted in. Why? Because we are pure of heart. We've had an undivided heart. We've gone after Jesus. We've put our trust in him. And we desire with all our hearts to follow him, to listen to him, to obey him. That's our heart. We love him, don't we? The pure in heart, that's a cleansed heart. That's a heart that's been forgiven. Have you been forgiven of your sins? Have you come to the Lord and asked him to forgive you all your sins? To cleanse you? To wash you in his precious blood? Have you ever gone to prayer like that? When you've prayed like that, you are pure in heart. You're pure in heart. And, that, and those who are pure in heart will be blessed. For we shall see God. And today, can I encourage you, Jesus wasn't just talking about the future, that one day you will see God. He said, you can see him now. Today, you can be admitted into his presence. Today, you can be captivated by his glory and his majesty. Your heart can be so consumed with the love of Jesus and his joy and his peace and his delight. And today... You can see his face as you, as you pray, Lord, grant me your amazing grace. I don't deserve your forgiveness. I don't deserve your cleansing. Lord, I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your love. But Lord, be gracious to me. Hide not your face from me. But oh, may I see your face, that face of grace. Is that your prayer? Well, it's my prayer for each one of you here today, that as we now just bow our hearts, oh, that you would now be admitted into the presence of God, that you would 
draw near as he draws near to you. And oh, be captivated by him. Rejoice in his forgiveness and in his mercy and in his love. And oh, that today as you leave here, that you can say, amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. For I saw the face of God in Christ there at the high kirk. But Lord, I want to pursue a pure heart too. You know, those who are pure in heart also pursue purity of heart. Without holiness, no man shall see God. The Christian is one who desires to be pure and holy, who hungers and thirsts to live a holy life. And so let's live that life as we pursue after the Lord. And so let's pray together. Let us unite our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the sacrifice so many throughout our history have made. For the men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice. And for their families who have carried on without them. We remember a sacrifice made and a debt we cannot repay. As we pray for the families of those who have lost loved ones while serving in the forces. We especially remember their sacrifice and the precious gift of freedom they have secured for us. Lord, we are saddened at the thought of war and of the soldiers who continue to fight. Today we remember them. We confess that we often find it so difficult just wearing a poppy and keeping a two-minute silence, wondering if we can do more. But through this act of remembrance, we recognise a broken life being valued, a gift being given, and taking two minutes to reflect on how much we have, counting our blessings, naming them one by one. We fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We also look at the future, not the past. We cannot change what has been. So as old and young to join together this morning, Take the very best of our lives. Bind us together in the love of Christ. Help us to live for your glory. And in Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen.
And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Thank you.